We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario, and I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. That guy enjoying a... Built bar. That's what I figured. Which He's enjoying it. When you don't eat lunch and you're scrambling because you're always yeah. on the phone trying to get scoop and all that. And... Absolutely. Built bars, man. And uh, by like the way, there's, there's, there's a link. You, baby. There's a link uh, down there in the description if you want to get, was it 10% off of a built bar? Put in the promo code Irish Breakdown all together, and you get 10% off your entire purchase. That's, That's not right. why I'm eating this. I literally have not eaten yet today, and I needed <laughs> something. Otherwise, I was not going to survive the show. So. Right. Absolutely. So uh, so anyway, Brian is the uh, publisher here at irishbreakdown.com. And today Cookie we thought... Dough. Oh, Cookie dough. See, that's jealousy waiting to happen for me. Because you and I are about a half hour apart right now. Otherwise, I would be over there grabbing one. Um, so we thought today would be a good day to kind of bring everybody up to speed on where things are with recruiting and Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. And the man has literally racked up miles here in the last two to three days uh, if uh, social media is any indication. So we wanted to kind of give, you know, an update on where things were recruiting-wise. We'll, we're going to start with the safety position. We're going to work our way through the 22 class, the, the 23 class, if there's going to be any commits. I mean, early signing days next week, Brian. I mean, Less we're, than a week away. We are, we yeah. are on top of early signing day. So um, a little bit of a scramble here for colleges and coaches all around the country, and Notre Dame is no different. So – um, so let's start right there. Let's start with the safety position. We know that Xavier Nwankpa, uh committed to Iowa yesterday. It was expected. Um, we weren't giving anybody any indication that that wasn't going to be the case. So what does that mean for Notre Dame? Where do they stand at the safety position for the 22 class? And are they going to even sign a true safety in this class? Uh, they're not going to sign a, a true safety in this class. And, and, you know, when you when you look when you look at kind of safety recruiting in general, there's a lot of question marks. Like, okay, did you put all your eggs in the Xavier Nwankpa basket, thinking you were going to get him, and then you're not going to get him, and now you're scrambling and that kind of thing? That's not really what happened here. 
Uh, Notre Dame has known they were not in a great position with Xavier Nwampa immediately following his visit. They kind of they kind of came into that visit feeling good. You know, I, I, for a long time, I was, hey, I like where Xavier's at. I think that they yeah. got a good shot. The visit did not go well. And from that moment on, it was kind of they were out of it. And then they tried at the end to get in there, but it was never it was never going to happen, which is why I didn't write a commitment preview. I didn't foreshadow that decision at all because it was a foregone conclusion. Right. So then the question is, OK, well, why didn't they move on to somebody else? Now, they have offered recently Keon Entringer, but that's because he had a great senior year and they like him. Notre Dame's entire sort of dynamic has changed as we've gone through the 2021 season. The safety safety position has been kind of interesting because it's 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 not a great safety like it's not a super deep safety class in regards to guys that Notre Dame liked or could get in. Right, there's some really good safeties out there, but they just couldn't get a lot of interest. It just wasn't wasn't going to happen. That's the opposite story in 2023. There's some elite safeties that like Notre Dame a lot. Okay, so the, the problem was, okay, how do you get your roster from the point where you can bridge that 2022 and 2023 class? Because there's going to be another full season played before that 2023 right. class shows up as true freshmen. And so what kind of changed things for Notre Dame was the emergence of Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson. Yeah. And, and the fact that they're both basically freshmen because of the COVID year, they're basically true freshmen again, okay? You can go redshirt freshman, whatever the case may be, however you want to define it, it doesn't matter. Essentially, they still have three years of eligibility remaining. And I'm told the staff really likes – I mean, Ramon made a smooth transition. He really – and surprisingly smooth, to be yeah, honest. I mean, for me. He, for me, yeah. because he – he struggled at corner. I mean, there he he was struggling. He just looked uncomfortable. It just it didn't have a natural fit to it. It just looked uncomfortable. And the fact that he was able to transition as smoothly as he did to starting uh, the last couple of games of the season was really impressive to me. And I'm sure the, it obviously caught the coach's eye. And I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, "Wow, now we've got a really young guy that we can work with." Mm-hmm. So then Xavier Watts obviously made the move before that. Now Xavier's transition wasn't as smooth because he wasn't playing defense. So the thing with Ramon is Ramon had to learn safety technique, but the calls, the coverages, all that kind of stuff, you cut, you already know. I mean, if you play corner, you know what the safeties are doing. And so Xavier had to learn everything from scratch where yeah. Ramon was just kind of transitioning to a different position within the same group, essentially, you know, corner to safety, but they love his talent they love Xavier's talent they love his, his physicality his speed and the big thing about those two is you saw a big huge jump in in speed and athleticism when they joined the secondary that was the big concern about the safety position moving forward is there's just not a lot of athleticism there like yeah. DJ and Houston are steady players but they're not elite athletes Ramon is one of the seven or eight fastest players in the entire team Xavier's not so, no so much a burner as much as he's just a really outstanding athlete. Yeah. And and they love them both. Then you have Houston and DJ now being open to returning for fifth-year seniors. You've got KJ KJ Wallace has still multiple years of eligibility left. Then you have the two freshmen, Kerry G and Justin Walters. Now they like both of their upsides, even though they weren't ready to play this year. Justin sure. needs to get bigger. <clears throat> Kerry's still learning the position. So all of a sudden with with Xavier and Ramon 
kind of stepping into that void, then there wasn't a need to take somebody just to take somebody. Plus, they kind of see Jaden Bellamy, who committed as a corner, as more of a safety kind of guy down the road anyway, which is part of the recruitment. I mean, we talked about that when they got him. And so they feel like right now they don't need to they don't need to take a guy just to fill a void, a need, right? And so they started transitioning months ago to the 2023 class. They've already got a commitment. They got a commitment in August from Adon Schuler. Big pickup. It was a good pickup then. We liked him. There's some things we liked. He was smart. Sure. He was heady. You know, not an explosive athlete, but a really smart, good football player. Well, if you watched him come, but what we heard at the time was that he blew the coaches away at the at the Notre Dame camp during the summer. Well, that didn't show up on his sophomore film. Then you fast forward to this fall, and Adon Schuler went jumped way up, way up, and uh, to the point where like they're they love him. He's now a, a top one fifty recruit. So that's a great way to start your class. They already have a commitment in the 2023 class of safety. So people say, you know, Chris O'Leary hasn't landed anybody yet. He didn't land anybody in 2022, but right, he got a commitment from a Don Schuler back in August in the 2023 class. So then they like there's two other kids that they really love at safety, and that is Caleb Downs from Georgia. He goes to Mill Creek High School in Georgia, and then Peyton Bowen from uh, Denton Geyer down in Texas. They have both visited Notre Dame multiple times since the summer. They, they were both on campus this summer. They have both been on campus for games. Now, obviously, Caleb Downs has, is uh, the younger brother of Josh Downs, who played wide receiver for North Carolina. So, uh, that's gotcha. a, you know, he was on campus for that North Carolina game, obviously, because uh, his brother also played in that game. There's, there's going to be a battle for both of those kids. Notre Dame is definitely going to have their hands full with both of those kids, but both of them are very high on Notre Dame. You're talking about stud. I mean, Caleb Downs, I believe, 247 Sports has as the number 13 player in the entire country. Caleb uh, Peyton Bowen is like 50-something, like 53, something like that. And then a Don Schuler would be 150. The goal is to get at least two of them, but the dream scenario for Notre Dame is to get all three because yeah. they, they view that they can play three at a time, and they feel that that trio can play together like all three on the field at the same time because there's enough diversity in their skill set. But also they can be part of the, you know, the three-man rotation because they can both – all three can play both safety positions. So between the three of them, they can get them all a ton of reps and be impactful players. So that's what they've been focusing their time on. That's what Chris O'Leary is. You wonder, like, why isn't yeah. Chris O'Leary – we're not hearing his name with 2022 kids because he's putting all his time on 2023 kids. So that's going to be the class where we're going to find out whether or not Chris O'Leary can recruit like you need to recruit at Notre Dame because they, I believe they made the conscious decision to then focus on 2023, as opposed to finding some kid that maybe you need to develop and bring along and that kind of thing. Now, now the, the Entringer, the kid from Michigan that they offered, they don't view as sort of that project. kind of kid. He had a breakout senior year. I mean, he had a great senior year athleticism jumped. I mean, he's a legit prospect, so they are pushing for him, but it doesn't look like, they're necessarily going to get him. So I, I really like where Notre Dame stands with Peyton Bowen. I think obviously Caleb Downs is going to be a much tougher test for many reasons, but he likes them and they're in the game. That's that's the key. But they love Caleb Downs. They love Peyton Bowen. And they just figured, hey, look, I'd rather take a 2023 kid that we think is a stud than have to rush into filling a yeah. void. Because they the other thing too is if they get into a pinch, 
you'd rather fill that void with maybe a, a, a grad transfer for a year where that scholarship's only being held for a year. This is one of the areas where the portal can help you a little bit. Because if you have a void, you don't have to scramble to find a, a high school recruit that you, at the end of the day, you kind of know isn't going to be a big time player for you. And then now, but you're now you're locked in for four years. Right. If because Notre Dame isn't the kind of place that's going to be pulling scholarships. They don't do that. Year. Right. Exactly. It, whereas a transfer portal kid, you can kind of, hey, look, you know, go get a depth kid and fill the void that way. And at least that guy's got three, four years in a college weight room and, right. and those type of things. So that's really where it comes from. And, and why they haven't made that push. And I think that's smart. You know, I think it's smart to say, look, we can go find a, we can get a grad transfer or we can, you know, there's guys that we can move there if we need them to. And, and there's a lot of good depth at corner. So there were options there besides just using a scholarship on a kid that ultimately, you know, is you're going to just recruit over right. in the next class. Right. Right. And, and that's where Notre Dame is at with safety position. So yes, it's a bit of a precarious position because now there's a lot of pressure on Chris O'Leary to you better hit a home run in the 2023 sure. class, which means he needs to get one of Bowen or, or downs to go with, to go with Schuler. If they don't get both of those two, then they're in a little bit of a problem. And of course, the ideal scenario is that you get both. That's where mm. they would like to be. Because I mean, if you watch Caleb Downs play, he can play free. He can play. He can play the alley. He can. He can line up in the nickel and, and play man coverage. I mean, right. he he's a an elite elite player. And if, as you saw from his brother, athleticism runs in the family. Clearly, so clearly. So that's where they're at with safety recruiting. So that's why I'm. I'm I, and I have an article kind of breaking it all down at IrishBreakdown.com. It's the lead story right now. So. That's partly why we wanted to lead with that. So I'm not really panicking right now about safety recruiting. I'm not. I mean, I I understand where, why they're doing what they're doing. It makes sense. And, of course, there's always risk when you push off needs to the next year. I get that. But when you look at the kids on the board, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense why they're doing that. Because the kids on the board in 2023 are outstanding. Notre Dame basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Notre Dame tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their Irish tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish have an exciting veteran group infused with young talent that should take them deep into March. I can't wait to get out and watch the Irish play in person at Purcell Pavilion and soak in you with TickPick. Visit TickPick.com Irish today to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's tickpick.com slash irish and you'll receive ten dollars off your first order of notre dame tickets we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, and I, and I think the – not that you can count on freshmen that are going to be coming in in the summer, but at the same time, having Watts and Henderson on the roster – rotating to 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 safety right i think eases some of the burden that they might have felt in the first place you know what i mean like i think i think i just feel they're not as worried as they would have been if those two guys are still at corner and at wide receiver respectively and and, i mean it just it helps the depth because now you're looking at a minimum of seven safeties right uh for this for for this uh season for the 22 season with the possibility of maybe some guys moving as well. Yeah, Philip Riley could move. Um, right. Ch- you know, uh, Clarence James Lewis Tucker could about. move. Clarence Lewis could move. Ryan Barnes yeah. could move. The incoming freshman, you know, I mean, if you needed to, uh, there's a couple of those guys could maybe do some things. So, yes, there's there are options, and that's the whole point, Vince, is that's called yeah. smart roster management. Yeah. You don't just scramble out because you feel the need. You have to feel a exactly. need in a class with a kid that you know ultimately can't play at the level you need at Notre Dame. Right. And so yep. I actually like that. Uh, you know, again, now would I have liked to have landed Xavier Nwankpa? Yes. Of course. And 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 I can't really get into the reasons why they didn't get Xavier Nwankpa, but I can tell you it wasn't a coaching problem. It wasn't a yeah. Chris O'Leary problem or a Marcus Freeman problem. Or Brian Kelly problem. It was not a coaching problem. It's just sometimes things happen, and sometimes kids just want to go somewhere else. And people say, sure. well, how, "How could you lose to I? You know, to lose to Iowa?" I'm like, "Well, Ohio State lost to Iowa too." Right. So, right. You know, there, and, there's and, a little bit and more. And he to didn't it touch the Notre Dame hat. All right. When uh, he was he, he he picked up the Ohio State one, yeah. threw that one down. So. Right. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I, I know. I, I saw it this morning. So. All right, Brian. Let Let's transition to the 22 class. Right. So. There was worry that obviously if Marcus Freeman wasn't named head coach, that that class was going to completely fall apart. So you want and me to share that? You, you want to talk about that? Because I put that on the board last night. Do you want to I, go there? I know you did. And I read okay. it. Um, is that what yeah. you want to go there? Yeah, I do kind of want to okay. go See, there. this is what I love when Vince calls audibles. Because I had just texted Vince what I wanted oh. to talk about next. And Vince called. And it's great because I, I kind of forgot to I forgot to go here. So uh, here here's what we put up on. A, good call, Vince, by the way. That's why I love it. Um <laughs> So we put up on the board last night. I finally was able now that the dust has settled. So what I was told when, when Brian Kelly left is that about half the class was ready to decommit. Mm-hmm. And Some of them publicly a, had said that, essentially. Right, I mean, right. yeah. And it was going to be over half the class. And and Jack Swarbrick knew that. And it wasn't like decommitting like a, if you don't hire the guy we like, you know, we're, it wasn't that. It's just they it just like were like, yeah. it's like, because remember, what you have to remember is, Remember when like Dennis Dodd and Pete Thamel were all putting out this Luke Fickle stuff? Remember what we said? Like, eh, you may not want to believe that. They don't know what they're talking about, right? We were hearing Marcus Freeman was the guy that Jack Swarbrick was always kind of leaning towards kind of from the beginning. The national media jumped on to the Luke Fickle. And then there were some clowns putting like Pat Narduzzi out there. And this is whatever. Yeah. But anyway. I don't know where that um, came from. Oh, that's right. The worldwide leader. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the, it was more of a so there was a couple kids in the class that are kind of considered the leaders of the class. 
one of which is Nolan Ziegler. There's others, you know, Joey Tonona, Steve Angelo. There's some guys in the class that are kind of considered the leaders of the class. So Nolan, some of the other, uh, I think it was like Nolan. It was, I'm trying to think, Tyson Ford. Some of the guys that are perceived as like the leaders, the guys that have been in the class for a while, kind of got everybody say, hey, everybody hold tight. Now, Devin Moore just decommitted almost right away. Yeah. That was already in the works. Right. Because he had did he did an in-home with Florida before any of the Brian Kelly stuff came out. He was already kind of and, – and we'll get to Devin Moore in a second. So that one was a different deal. C.J. Williams is already leaning towards it. Mm-hmm. The Morgan Walker's been kind of doing his thing. We're talking about the guys that were solid. They were going to lose over half the class. Tyson, Nolan, some of those other leaders in the class, from what I'm told, kind of got everybody say, hey, let's just, let's just see how the process goes. Let's let it play out. By the way, those shirts now are on the Ivy Merch store, the let it play out shirts. Okay, Love it. Um, but they say, hey, look, let's just see what happens. Because they all loved Marcus Freeman. Even offensive recruits were like, yeah, I'd play for Marcus Freeman. <clears throat> And so they all kind of committed to staying committed until they found out what was going to happen. And, and so when Marcus Freeman was hired, that's when they all stayed. But I'm telling you right now, I ha- I am confident in saying this. If Marcus Freeman would have not gotten the head coaching job, the staff would have pretty much been almost all gone. True. Because they weren't going to keep Mike Ellison and, and Tommy. This is what people got to understand. Yes, Marcus Freeman didn't officially get hired till after his second interview. But this is why I kept saying, you got to follow sort of how it goes. And, and there's a reason he was pushing for Elston and pushing for Bayless and pushing for Reese. And it wasn't because Luke fickle, one of those guys, you know right. what I'm saying? So, right. so that exactly. was a very important piece to this whole thing for, for Notre Dame. So anyway, you, you look at, you look at kind of how it all went down. They were able to kind of keep everybody in the class. And then they did a smart move where the first, some, one of the first things they did when they got on the road this week was, you know, he, yes, he went out to try to get some of the 2022 guys, but he also made it, made sure that he went out and found and got the guys that they needed to, to reassure. And once he got the job, a lot of the kids in the class were, I mean, they were super fired up. And we, we had a question here from uh, Nicholas Samaya. He said, Vincent Bryan, I'm new here and have been a fan of Notre Dame since childhood. Your pod is so in-depth and descriptive, yet still personable. Thank you. Question, is Jalen Sneed fully committed? <clears throat> yeah, Jalen put a tweet out yesterday of him, I believe it was his mother, with uh, with Mike Mickens, Marcus Freeman, and Chad Bowden, and it yep. lock. And that's, he again, he was the same kind of kid as ever. Josh Burnham was this way, Jalen Snead, Ty, I mean, all of them. Tyson Ford was going to stay no matter what. If you saw his mom tweeting, he wasn't going anywhere because right. he loves Notre Dame. But when you look at all the other guys, it was a situation where if Freeman got the job, they were going to stay. Mm-hmm. And, and so that happened. Now, the next question is, okay, so what about the kids that were wavering before? So Devin Moore, we'll, we'll, we'll start with him. They had a great in-home visit with him. Went really, really well. Left a lot on the plate, but there's still work to be done there. Florida is the, – the thing that Florida has going for it, it's, it's not it's, – it's the new thing. It's right. It's a new head coach. They just hired Corey Raymond from LSU, elite cornerback, you know, recruiter. It's not it, – it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He lives in a Naples area that's a very pro-Florida area. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so it's going to be tough. They're going to have to battle to keep him in the class. I, I, I think they have a shot at it right now, but it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Uh, so so we'll, we'll see there. C.J. Williams, the staff has been out to see multiple times. Marcus Freeman went in to see him. I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. These days all kind of bleed together. But <laughs> Tommy Reeson has been out there multiple times. They went out there with Marcus Freeman. And from what I'm told, everything looks good. Like he's going to stay in the class. 
So, so that's a big one. They went and saw Tobias Merriweather. Everything is all good there. That was the other one. And the reason that was a concern is because of the way that Brian Kelly handled his departure, lying mm-hmm. right to the kid's face, having yeah. a Notre Dame coach lie right to the kid, do text message and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm told is Tobias and his family view that as an indictment of Brian Kelly, not Notre Dame. And that with Marcus Freeman on board, Kelly, you know, Reese is still staying. There's like, okay, the things we committed to are still at Notre Dame because they didn't commit to Brian Kelly. They committed Notre Dame. Right. And so he's solid. Tight ends are solid. I'm told that all the offensive linemen are solid. Ford and Gabera are solid. They went out and saw Aiden Gabera this past week. Mike Elson did. I don't know if Marcus Freeman went out to see him or not because he can't go see all the commits. He, there's right. not enough time for it's him not to possible. Right. You got to be, you know, you got to be judicious well, with, with how and, you and go the, see him. And the other thing is, and and this is, I'm, I know people have been talking about it on the board, but with that new rule about when there's a coaching right. change, you can have everybody come to you. A lot of them are coming in this weekend. You get that extra official visit. Right. And so I think that's huge. And there's going to be a ton of kids on campus this weekend. Devin Moore right. will not be on campus this weekend. He is going to visit Florida this weekend, right. which adds to the. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. if it was a lock to get him back to Notre Dame, he would be visiting Notre Dame this weekend. Right. But he's, as, far, as of as of last night, he is not going to be visiting Notre Dame this weekend. He'll be visiting Florida. So that one's going to be a battle. But, you know, like I said, I feel good about, I mean, the linebackers from I'm told, they're all locked in. He went and saw Junior too. I mean, the, the, the number of miles that Mike Mickens, uh, Marcus Freeman, and Chad Bowden put on to go see defensive players, plus the fact that he went out and saw some offensive players with Reese – and and Dell Alexander and, and and those guys, really impressive. I mean, yeah. that's that's putting in work on a recruiting trail. We're not surprised by it, but it's still no. nice to see. It's an it's a definitely a refreshing change. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's clearly an important thing. They went and saw Anthony Lucas this week as well. I heard it went really well, but no one expects that one to still go Notre Dame's way because Notre Dame's like in third place there, right? Yeah. I mean, now I think they might by default move up to second because Texas A and M just added some dudes and they're going to add some more. Uh, Bama's supposedly going to add some kids too, but one of those two schools is going to make room for Anthony Lucas. I mean, if not both, right? Uh, so uh, they're, they're going to th- that one's going to be tough. That one's going to be tough. Now you know you know anything can happen, but the latest intel I have is that one's going to be really tough. You know, but and, and then Amorian Walker, I don't know what he's going to do. I've never felt like he really wanted to be in this class. He visited Mississippi State relatively recently. There's a, he's not going to visit this weekend. I believe he has a game on Saturday. If, oh, wow. if now if now if he flies to Notre Dame like maybe on Sunday or something like that, then that's going to be a sign that okay, the kid wants to stay in the class. But I'll say this: they really want him in the class. Tommy Reese loves him. Dell Alexander likes him. They want to keep him in the class. They're definitely pushing for him to stay. This isn't a. They're not doing what we've said they should do, which is just you know yeah, tell him to right. go bye bye. They really like him. Now, if he ends up being a player at Notre Dame, like if he comes and he ends up being really good, then they're going to look smart for doing that, right? But my concern the whole time that I've said is, if you have a beg a kid from Louisiana to come to Notre Dame and he, and, and, and for whatever reason, and if he doesn't play right away with the new transfer rule, what's the, what are the odds he sticks exactly. it out for four years? Absolutely. So you're putting all this effort into this kid. There's other kids that want to be here. I was told that they've reached out to Nicholas Anderson, the kid from Texas that committed to Oregon. Uh, as as a guy, I mean that 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 would be an option I would consider if I was Notre Dame, and and, and you know, but they really like Amorian, and they think he could be really a really good, big, dynamic, vertical playmaker, and so they're putting in the work to try to keep him in the class. So, um, you know that that's that's just where it is. So, as of right now, he keeps telling them all the right things. This is the weird thing about Amorian Walker's recruitment. He tells Notre Dame staff 
all the right things. I'm staying, I'm this, I'm that, I'm still locked in, I'm still committed. And then he talks to Michigan and they feel like yeah. they're going to get him. The words and, and the actions are completely yeah. different. Yeah. 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 So that, it's, that's a, what it's I have a, a problem with. Right. It's but. a, it's a strange, but Hey, if he signs, he signs, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and well, they, no. like I said, they love him. Right. And so this is one of the, th- they think I'm wrong. I know that for a fact, which is cool. I mean, I'm, and I've said, I said, look, I hope you're right. You know, I mean, if, if you're right, you're right. That's great. You know, I always want to be wrong when I don't think yeah. a kid can play. Sure. So I, uh, yeah. So, so 22 class, uh, you talked about Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, Everybody, well, not everybody. There's people in the chat wanting to know what the latest is on Billy Shrouth, mm-hmm. what that situation is like. Um, you know, I know Notre Dame made a push. They went and visited. Hard. That was, I think that was the first Tommy stop. Reese has absolutely knocked this entire recruitment out of the park. Just yeah. completely knocked it out of the park. I feel great about – I'll just say this, okay? I don't really want to – I don't give kids commitment stuff away. I'll just say this. I expect to do two special shows this week in the next couple of days. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay, but no, in, in all seriousness, they they've done a great job with that one. Tommy Reese has absolutely crushed this one, and that's so important. Yeah. It's so important yeah. because they needed right. And, and look, the, the offensive line class is going to be good, but they needed kind of that. Yeah, he is the he'd be in my dude. opinion, he's the yeah. alpha of right. would be the alpha of the class right. if he commits. That it went great. I mean, yeah, I almost. Yeah, it, it went. It went it, great. It went great. They're in a great, great. They're in great shape there. They're in great shape there. I would. I would imagine we're going to have some clarity on his situation much sooner than later. I don't know there what else go. to say. But That's he fun. would be. He would be sort of a. It's not even icing on the cake. I mean, it's not. It's not even that. Like, if they got him first, then got Emil Wagner, or it, then got Ashton Craig, or then got anyone, it'd be icing on the cake. This right. is your getting your your. This is your dude. This, right? their this guy. is your I mean, stuff. Yeah. Tommy right. Reese has been on him forever. This was Tommy Reese's number one dude on the offensive line. Now we could debate whether or not it should have been Jake Taylor or somebody else. Sure. But he's, I mean, they liked him. More. We've said this since the summer. They like him more than Zach Rice. Yeah. They like him. I mean, th- they viewed Billy Shrout and my, from what I'm told as like a top 50 caliber player. Like they think he's a stud and I don't disagree. I don't disagree. He's outstanding. You got to remember, we, we were saying this the summer too, Vincent. If we could only have him or Zach Rice, we said this all the way back in the summer, yep. that'd take Billy Shrouth. Mm-hmm. And it's been a wild recruitment. After his decision is announced, we'll share some of the some of the ups and downs and give some of the backstory and all that. But it was definitely peaks never and know. valleys. We, we, we may talk about that tomorrow. You never yeah, know. Definitely peaks and valleys, that's for sure. Yeah, Justin, as a – a question about this specifically it says any argument that if Notre or that Notre Dame has the best O line hall in the nation if I'll say if uh, Billy Shrout is added, I'd have to go through and look at everybody, but they're definitely in the top five. As far as the best, I don't know. I'd have, okay. and that's that's a literally an I don't know, not from a questioning it. From I just would need to go through and look again at everybody's class. Plus, yeah. there's there's some kids like Kenyon Green, the kid from Texas, just opened up his recruitment, right? He was committed to Oregon. If he flips to, you know, there's certain schools he could flip to that would then put them oh, boost their over, class over the yeah. class. So it's going to also depend on how people finish. But Justin, I would say they're going to be in the conversation for That's it. It's crazy. You know, there, there was but a period. They need Billy to be in that conversation, though. That's yes, the key. No question. And th- there was a period there, Brian, because we were doing a lot of recruiting stuff, you know, in the summertime leading up to the season. 
And there was a point where it was like, this O-line class, I mean, what happened to O-line yeah. U? And like, right. it wasn't looking great, right? Um, and it felt like they took a flyer on the Indiana kid. Who had a and, great senior year. Right. Craig, they took right? a flyer on him, but I'm going to, we, I, we liked him. No, we I did. liked him. I mean, but that made it, a lot of sense. Yeah. The feeling was like, well, okay, they're going, you know, it's an in-state kid, whatever. Right. But it just, you, I don't know. You, just they the still class. missed on another pure tackle. Yeah. Elite pure tackle. Yeah. They flat out did. Emil Wagner's got a lot of upside as we've talked about. There's a lot of reasons to take him, but there's a reason the staff didn't push for him right away. There's a reason Ohio State didn't push him right away. Incredibly yeah. talented, incredibly athletic, but there's legitimate concerns about his body. They missed out on the Jake Taylors and the guys like that. They just they flat out did. Drew Shelton, mm-hmm. guys like that. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be a really good class. The problem is going to be they needed another tackle, like a pure tackle. Now, what's helped this class is that Ashton Craig had an even bigger jump as a senior than I thought he was going to have. Right, absolutely. Like, to me, he's a top 200 recruit now. I mean, if you haven't seen Ashton Craig's senior film, go watch it. I mean, it <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah. And I still feel he could play tackle. I, I do. And that that is something that also adds to what I like about this class. Now, could it have been better? Yes. But look, I've said this before. You have to evaluate a class two ways. You have to be willing as a coaching staff and as analysts and as fans to look at what it could have been. And then you say, okay, why do you need to do that? Because that's how you then adjust your strategy to make sure that next year it is that caliber class. That's what any good recruiting staff should do. Yes, I love my staff, but could it have been better? Yeah, how would it have been better? Well, we could have got Jake Taylor. We could have got this guy. We could have got that guy. And it would have been even better. Okay, what can we do to make it happen to where next year we don't miss on those guys? That's what mm-hmm. should be happening at Notre Dame. And right. that's what we will do. But then you also have to step aside and say, what what was it? And it's kind of like running back recruiting last year. Ripped Lance Taylor for his strategy that put all his eggs in the Will Shipley basket. And then you miss. But then we also said, but at the end of the day on signing day, you got two pretty darn good flipping running backs. Right. And it's still a great class, right? So you need to be able to do both of those. And that's the same thing with this offensive line class. If they get Billy Shrouth soon, you have to say, look, this is still a really good offensive line class. It's a top five offensive yeah. line class. And and Notre Dame should always be a top five offensive line class. Absolutely. It was a little harder to put together than it should have been. There were some misses <laughs> along the way. And you evaluate those to make sure that you don't make those same mistakes next year because it should be the number one. And the reason I say that is, when we talked about this offensive line class, Notre Dame benefited from the fact of two things. One, it is a deep offensive line class, and nationally deep. And there's a ton of kids that are from very pro-Notre Dame areas. That helped them. There's two top 200 in-state offensive linemen from Indiana. Let's not kid ourselves that that, that wasn't sort of a – you got a little bit lucky with the fact that Joey Tonona and Ashton Craig are in-state kids. You mm-hmm. got a little bit lucky with that. If they were from Georgia and – you know, Iowa, you may not have gotten those two kids. You got, and, and that doesn't happen often. The Notre Dame's got two top, end up being, in my opinion, two top 200 caliber kids. That helps you. You got Ty Chan early. That helped you. He really rose up the rankings. He got better as a senior. And then, of course, you, you again, they caught some breaks. Ohio State not making a push for a long time for Emil Wagner, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of things that happened that went Notre Dame's way. Sure. And and also Tommy Reese did a phenomenal job helping recruit that class. And Jeff Quinn did some good things, too, to put this class together. It should have been better. It could have been better. He's a primary reason it wasn't better. 
but he's also a primary reason why it's going to end up being a top five class. And so he deserves mm-hmm. some credit for that. Right. He's but I don't recruiter. think people I mean, realize yeah. he's a good recruiter. He's just yeah. not an elite recruiter. And I think yeah. his decision making at times is a recruiter. Okay. Is, is, I got you. Is what I question. Like, you, why did you not value that kid? I, I don't right. understand why you didn't value that kid. Why did you. you pass on this kid kind of thing? And, and so those are some of the question marks I have. He's not a great closer when it comes to top players. Because, again, what hurt them last year was they missed out on – it wasn't quite as deep in pro Notre Dame areas, and then you missed out on almost all the pro Notre Dame kids beyond Spindler and Fisher. Now, that's a great one too. But they went out and they got a kid like right. Joe Alt. And, I mean, it was it was a good yeah. class, but it wasn't what it should have been and <clears throat> could have been. Sure. This year's class is much closer to what it should have been than last year's class. You don't have quite the, the number one of a Blake Fisher – but you've got a you've got five kids that can flat out play with the one question mark being Emil Wagner, but Emil Wagner's talent is never a question. It's can he fill out? That's more of the question mark. Sure. But uh, I, I do like where things stand there. I I don't know if there's anyone else on the. We're, we're going to find out if there's anyone else that they're going to be able to add w- with number one. How they feel about Amorin Walker? I think some of the ads that we may see won't be on the fifteenth. It's going to be reevaluating your board after the 15th for see the February left. signing day. Yeah, right. That's what I think we're going to see. So sure. I don't see them adding anybody else for December 15th. Not all. I don't think Anthony Lucas is signing on the 15th. Really? I don't think so. I, I don't think he's going to okay. commit until January. I, I could be wrong. Now, he hmm. could sign and then just not, not report it like, yeah, like right. Isaiah Foskey did that. Some other guys have done oh, that. Okay. So it could be something like that. Yeah, because Isaiah Foskey didn't announce he was going to Notre Dame until January, or was the signing day, because he wanted to do a thing at a school with all of his teammates. But he signed, he actually signed with Notre Dame in December, but unlike the Eddie Vanderdoe situation, they actually waited to tell people that he signed until he was ready to announce. Gotcha. Which there's no there's no rule saying they have to disclose everyone that signed with them, which is, is, which is what happens. And so I don't think there's anyone else on the board. If – Keon Entringer does visit this weekend because he's supposed to visit Iowa. I'm told that the Notre Dame staff is trying to get him to visit Notre Dame instead. If he goes to Iowa, I don't see it happening. I don't see them getting him. If he flips that visit and comes to Notre Dame, then I think they may have a shot at getting him. It's going to be tough. Michigan also likes him. They offered him before Notre Dame did. It's going to be Michigan's hot right now. It's going to be tough. But I don't think there's anyone else that I look at and I say, right now, they're going to add another guy besides you know, potentially adding Billy Shrouth. That that's where we're at. N- none of the quarterbacks went through like Nick Evers, it, who from Texas, who was committed to Florida for a long time, top ten national quarterback. Notre Dame is pushing for him, but from what I'm told, he's he's probably going to go to Oklahoma now that Jeff Levy's been hired in Oklahoma. Their quarterback depth chart is a mess. It's yeah. not guaranteed that Caleb Williams is going to come back. So I think he's going to go there. Devin Brown committed to Ohio State. They're they're not going to be able to flip Drew Aller from Penn State. And so I just don't see that second quarterback happening right now. I think what they're going to do is kind of what we're talking about after December, after December 15th, kind of reevaluate who's out there, kind of take a look at the, you'll have a better sense in in late December and January, what's in the transfer portal and then make a decision at that point in time. So recruiting isn't done after the 15th. It's just right. a lot of it's done. And now it's okay. What's still left? Who's still out there and, and see if there's, if, if there's any fits for what their their needs are. So it's going to be really interesting to see who does and doesn't sign on the 15th, just nationally. 
yeah to see okay wow that kid didn't sign let's get him on the horn and try to get Mm -hmm. him on campus in january that'll be kind of what happens now people are talking about the transfer portal and is notre dame gonna hit the transfer portal etc etc i think this is me talking and i want to get your your take on this the transfer portal i think is going to be more if notre dame is active in it i think it would be more for the second signing day than it, right. you know in February than it would be now because they don't know the decisions of a lot of these guys right. that are going pro or going someplace else for their fifth or sixth year you know all of those different things it's 85 limit scholarships man you can't you know you've got to know your numbers before you know what you can go after so that that's my mm-hmm. guess they're going to wait for some of these guys to make some decisions that are on the Notre Dame team currently and then decide okay we need to we need to stop gap here or we need this or that and then they can hit the transfer portal. Does that sound about accurate? I think so. I don't think they're in any rush today, right now, yeah. to hit the portal. Right. I think they like you said, who who is coming back for us, finishing up this 2022 class, continuing to push for 2023, uh, which they're doing. They weren't just getting out to see 2022. Right. Kids. Yeah. That was gonna be the next My, topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I think right now it's let's see, let's see how our roster shakes out because they're real right. title numbers right now. I mean, right, they're they're over 85 right now. So they're gonna have I mean, Litchfield Ajavon transferred yesterday, so that opens up a scholarship. Thank goodness. I was really happy to hear he's gonna actually graduate in the spring. Yeah. So he'll actually leave with his degree, which is great. Which is awesome. Never panned out as a kid. I, I wasn't high on him. I had him ranked kind of low in that class. But just a kid that I've never heard anyone say anything other than just an awesome young man. Just didn't didn't make it as a football player. But sure. real well well respected kid, well respected in the football community. He did those little that little mini mic thing, you know, he would do with, with people. That was that was fun. It's like Lich um, on the field or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Yeah, cool. something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. but he he's gonna leave with his degree and it just, you know, like I said, it just it, there wasn't a path for him for playing time in Notre Dame. Oh spe- he he could he only played like 32 snaps of special teams in his career. Right. So um, so that that obviously opened up a scholarship. But I'm going to do something probably tomorrow. It's kind of on my radar of things to do is kind of where are they with numbers now, like for the for the team? And then how some of these decisions yeah. are going to impact uh, just where where they are. So, yeah, I, I don't expect them to be super active on the portal unless there's just some. I mean, it comes down to numbers. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. So you mentioned it, Notre Dame, you know, Marcus Freeman, et cetera, at all, right. At all of the coaches, they weren't just hitting the 22 guys to make sure that they were all committed and, and trying to get some other guys, but they were hitting the 23 guys pretty consistently as well. Very busy for all of these guys that are wearing the, uh, the ND monogram uh, throughout the country. So let's give a little update on where they are yeah. with the 23 kids. Well, one of their top targets is Justin Rett. He is a 2023 cornerback from uh, Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. That's obviously a school that Notre Dame had a lot of success with for a while. Uh, not so much lately. See, Ronnie Stanley was from Bishop Gorman. Nico Fertitta was from Bishop Gorman. Uh, Alizé Mack was from Bishop Gorman. And, and so Justin is a, is a really talented player. He's a guy that Notre Dame has been on for quite some time. Even uh, he had a really good summer workout for Notre Dame like he because the problem for him in his recruitment was you were up until like the summer workouts I mean you were going off of like freshman film right and if they had any because Nevada didn't have a 2020 season right so he didn't he didn't get a play in 2020 and so he was a kid that they liked well he came to Notre Dame for camp and just 
I mean, there were other kids higher than Justin Rett coming into the camp. There weren't that many higher than Justin Rett coming out of the camp. And and from what I'm told, I haven't yet seen any junior film of him. Uh, just I haven't found any yet, but I'm told he had a great junior season. Rivals ranks him as the number 51 player in the country in the 2000 uh, in the 2023 class. So he is a big time player, and he's a he is a kid that the Notre Dame staff has viewed as a must get. ESPN ranks him 64th. He's deciding Saturday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. He will be announcing mm. on CBS. We will have a show at 7 o'clock as well. We will try to carry that, and then we'll discuss whatever his decision is. Uh, we will discuss that afterwards. But if you're a member of the message board, you've already known this for a couple days, uh, but we'll share it here now as well. Uh, Notre Dame feels really good about their standing going into his decision. Uh, obviously, you never know until a kid commits. Yeah, we have right. seen some crazy things, but – but Notre Dame feels really good about about where they stand going into his Saturday. and it's I mean it's I'm I'm trying to look up his top five real quick because it's a it's a ridiculous top five I believe Bama's in his top five I believe Oklahoma's in his top five Notre Dame's obviously in his top five uh, let me let me pull this real up real quick it is Notre Dame Georgia Alabama Oklahoma and Tennessee. I mean, so this is a big time recruit. Yeah, and and uh, Mike Mickens and, and Marcus Freeman and, and the staff have done a, a great job with him to the point where, like I said, they feel really good about where things stand going into the Saturday Night Visible. We'll all be here together finding out by our, ourselves, so we'll have an idea. But you know, 2023 is a class they've been putting a lot of attention on. Yeah. That th- that's the class you're going to see the biggest splash happen right. with the Marcus Freeman hire. Yes, absolutely, and this staff being retained. It's going to be the 2023 class where that impacts. Yep, is the no biggest. question because he just hasn't had enough time. I mean, look, he obviously. Well, no, that's recruited. where it's not even that, Vince. It's that's where their focus has been. Oh, sure. I mean, With, the, right, the twenty-two so. class has been basically it's done. Been put together like, for a while, right? Like they dropped the Hero Canoe. You know, yeah. they 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 known they've been out with Xavier Nwankwa for a while. They and they but they battled. They kept trying. They got in home. They it just it you wasn't. They dropped work. Hero Canoe. By the way, yes, I, they I, basically I, stopped recruiting him. A okay. while ago, because somebody asked a question in the chat, so I was yeah, ask yeah. I mean, they're okay. trying for Anthony Lucas, but look, it's if it, it wasn't well, if we don't get Lucas, we got to find somebody else. You know, I mean, there's a couple kids they kind of kick the tires on, but nothing really serious. Yeah. Now that may change after signing day, and they look at their needs and who's out there, and they may say, "Hey, look, we weren't planning on going after such and such, but that kid's still out there. We got two months. Let's go try. Let's go get her done." Right. That may happen, but their focus for the last two months has been on keep this 22 class together and really go after 2023. And so, again, that's where the class needs to get filled up. So that's where I think you're going to see the the major aftershocks of the Freeman hire is if, if, it's, if it's the hire we think it's going to be from a recruiting standpoint, we're going to see it with that class. He's already made his mark on the 2022 class defensively. And then obviously, exactly. Tommy Reese has done a great job on the offensive side, along with John McNulty and Lance Taylor, and a, and a little bit from Dell and 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 Quinn. But the reason I say that too is because that's the class where we're going to see him. You know, because people joke this summer, "Hey, can he re- recruit offense?" You know, well now he will. Yeah, now he'll have a role in recruiting offense. Exactly. Now there's reason for Marcus Freeman to be on the phone with Dante Moore. There wasn't right. before. Why is your defensive coordinator yeah, calling a quarterback? That would have been, that'd have been weird. I mean, it's it just super odd. Other than just like a, a, a ploy hey, by the staff to say everyone calls him. Yeah, looking forward right? to seeing you at Notre Dame, or, right? You know, something like now that. Now he's the head yeah. coach. He can, right. he can, he should be on. You know, hey, he should be just as involved with it as Tommy is now, right? Uh, so, 
That's where we're going to find out really Vince, just just the kind of mark that he's going to be able to make as yeah. a recruiter, yeah. as a head coach, and it'll right. be twenty twenty three. But yep. if you look around, I mean, Florida lost a ton of commits. LSU's lost a ton of commits. Oklahoma's lost a ton of commits. Interesting. I mean, all these coaches that went through coaching changes lost a ton of commits. Notre Dame's only going to lose one that you could maybe attribute to the coaching change. If right. they lose CJ Williams, which as we reported earlier, I I feel really good about where I think they've I think they're good there, right? Again, they're still le- about a week to go, right? Less yeah. than a week to go, little, right. a day less than a week to go. Feel good there. Amorian Walker's been flirting with other schools for months. That has nothing to do right. with Brian Kelly leaving. And we talked about that. We've been right. talking about it for a long time. Right. The the keeping this class together says a lot, number one, about the leadership in the class. Yeah. The Angelis, the Tyson Fords, the Nolan Zigglers, the Josh Burnhams, the the Ty Chans. I mean, those guys, uh, the Jaden Mickey's, like those guys working to keep this class together. One, if one big domino would have fallen in the last week, then all the domino. Like if Jalen Sneed would have said, you know what, I'm hearing all the because if this is a hundred percent truth, if Marcus Freeman doesn't get the job, the first decommitment would have been Jalen Sneed. Mm-hmm. If that domino falls, that's your top perceived recruit. Yeah. That kicks off another domino. Oh, yeah. But when he stayed, they all they all stayed. And Tyson right. Ford was was Tyson Ford was probably the most vocal. Him and his mom were mm-hmm. the most vocal oh, from the moment BK left that <laughs> my son's going to Notre Dame. Tyson was like, "Hey, I made a commitment. I didn't commit just to no- I didn't commit to Marcus Freeman. I committed to Notre Dame." That was impactful as well because he's also one of their top-ranked recruits. Sure. He's number – I think he's still number one on my board. I haven't updated my my post-senior season rankings yet, but he was the number one recruit – no, number two behind Tobias Merriweather, I believe. I'd have to go look at it again. Number one defensive recruit, which when you consider how much I love Jalen Seed and Josh Burnham in the corners, that's pretty good. I think Tyson Ford's got a chance to be a stud. So keeping that together – in this era of all, I mean, Oklahoma got decimated and their class is shredded. Florida's class is gone. Yep. Uh, LSU's class has lost like three or four kids, including a, one of the best tight ends in the country. The, it got ripped. Is the quarterback his brother? They both decommitted yeah. or not decommitted because he was already there. One transferred and the other yeah. decommitted. Yeah. Okay. The tight end is the brother of Max Johnson. Gotcha. The quarterback okay. who's transferring out. I saw yes. they were both Johnson, but I didn't know if that was yeah. an actual familial. Yeah connection yep, okay. they're brothers mm-hmm. so yeah they they've gotten shredded but notre dame was able to keep it together partly because of the the way that the staff recruited them and the fact that this is one of those times where brian kelly's just not being a a, a really involved recruiter more so than he's ever been this season we're not going to deny that but he wasn't so so involved that he was the reason kids were committing that's why you don't lose kids the way that other schools do but it also says a lot about the leadership of that class. And it just adds sure. even more. It's not just a talented group of kids. There's some character dudes in this class that Notre Dame fans are going to love. And that's what really kept this class together. And if they're able to get Devin Moore back in the class, that's also going to be a big reason behind it as well. So uh, really job well done by the leaders of that class and, and job well done by the Notre Dame staff. So his future certainly looking bright. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to be able to ward off some of the things that could have been really hurtful and uh, going to keep, Keep plugging forward. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of it, Vince. That's let me look over my uh, my update. See if there's anything that I might have we might have missed. No, that was it. We talked about Justin Rett, correct? So 
I feel good. I feel, yeah, we kind of got it all out of there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So we're going to kind of reshuffle things after the 15th. We'll try to do some digging and, and find out we'll have a, we'll have obviously a show on signing day. We'll, we'll have a, a, a pretty, a pretty good long show on signing day to kind of, of go over the class and break down film and, and rank the class and give our superlatives and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then of course we'll sort of have a looking ahead podcast after that, where we kind of look at right. top targets in 2023 and all those type of things. So. Yeah, gonna it's going to be interesting. That, that's yeah. going to be a fun one. And I, yeah. I have a feeling that'll be a night show. Uh, that way we can don't have a time limit, but I'm speaking out of class here on that one. Well, we, what we may do is we may, because it's, you know, we may do a couple that day and, and you know, may start early and then have you come back. And, you okay. know, we'll, we may just do a Q&A for an hour and just give updates at like 1230 oh, and then come back later. So, I mean, it could. And then just break it down. I haven't quite figured it out how we're going to cool. go yet. But we'll See, have this a, we'll, is, this is we'll us figuring on, it out, guys. We'll be live for a lot of that day. For yeah. sure, for sure. Cool. And of Looking course, all of the updates that we'll have will be on the message board and we'll have it at irishbreakdown.com and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there you go. yeah, we'll, we'll have a lot going on. I'm going to get through some super the... chats before we get out yeah. of here. I was going to yeah. start working through the super chats. If you see something else you want to throw up as I'm going through by my man, have at it. Remember, Built Bar down there, 10% off. Uh, promo I'm just code hungry. I'm not, I'm not like ad. I'm not trying to like place ads. I'm He's just, hungry. I haven't eaten today. <laughs> Half a Built Bar. Yeah. Chris Basker, uh, thanks for the super chat, Chris. Uh, Riley alum, loving this. Flashbacks of the bell ringing in Vince's background at Riley, class of 06, waking me up. Army taught me to lead by example. Freeman seems the same. Could not that, agree more. That comment he made about it's I don't it's not about what I tell them, it's about what they see me do. Yeah. Was so spot on because that's the opposite of what the previous coach. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna be the lead recruiter on everybody. And if I'm not, we're cheating. Like, right. okay. Right. You know, I mean, that's yeah. th- those are some powerful. That's words. called character, and the yeah. previous coach didn't have that. Vince, did you see the update I put on last night about the coaching search thing? I did. Yeah, I brought was, the fire. I brought the awesome, fire, dude. I, I, I respond. I just responded with you, like, wow, <laughs> just yep. wow, yep. Uh, oh, that's Rick, right. Boy, I sent it to you. Yeah, Sorry. it's all good, brother. It's all good. Uh, Rick, long, thank you for the super chat. If <laughs> Marcus Freeman comes in and has a great has great success immediately, Notre Dame will dominate recruiting. Getting ahead of myself but could set up a dynasty so damn excited. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves the dynasty talk. He's got to win a game yeah. first. Yeah. But I understand the excitement. And, and I do think the first part of what you're saying is absolutely correct. If he has success early, let's say they beat Oklahoma State, and let's say they beat Ohio State, I mean, it. it there'll be a juggernaut on the recruiting yeah. trail. I mean, absolutely. Because that's the thing he's got to prove, right? He's got to prove that he can win games. You know, because the opposite's true. If they lose to Oklahoma State and then lose to Ohio State, it's kind of like, okay, he's a great guy and a great recruiter, but is he a great coach? I don't know. Yeah, and there, so, yeah. there have been people like that in the past, right? right. I'm not saying that's who Marcus right. Freeman is, but I'm saying that wouldn't be the first time that that has occurred. Yeah. Yeezy taught me. Thanks for the super chat. Any possibility that Florida used Kelly reaching out to them as fuel to negatively recruit Devin Moore? Possibly. That's but straight I don't, from the yeah. board. But I don't, there. I don't know if, um, 
I don't know if that if that would kind of tie together because I don't know how you can negatively recruit Notre Dame about the head coach that's at LSU. You, you know what I mean? So like now, could they have used that before? Like when he de- to lead to his decommitment? Yes. Yeah, I think that's uh, what he's referring but, to. But, but but at the same time, Billy Napier was hired like a day before Brian Kelly was. Yeah. Yeah, it was all so in the I same. Don't, I don't know if there area. was enough time to necessarily do that. I, you know, could it have happened? Sure. Uh, but I have no knowledge that it did. They just, they wanted him and they pushed for right. him. And look, he, he, he was talking to Florida, even when their coaches, coach was fired. There's right. just an interest level in Florida there more so than anything else. And that's going to make it very hard to like, mm-hmm. he didn't decommit like, Oh gosh, Brian Kelly is going to leave. I'm decommitting. Right. Now. He was already kind of, that was his final thing to lead to that, but he was already looking. Right. Florida and Notre Dame couldn't be more different. So if you, I mean, well, if you're from where he's from, it makes sense. Florida's actually a really good school. Sure. And, and he's from a really nice area that understands that Florida can be used as, to get a great education. So he's going to have a different view of it than a lot of people, but in a lot of ways, Vince, you're, you're right. But from, if you're from Naples, you understand. I, I dated oh, a sure. girl from Naples long when I was in college and I, I went down there once and it is a, um, yeah. If you've been down there, you'd understand why there's an attraction to it's a very strong Florida gator. I get that. John Dalton, uh, thanks for the super chat. Says, I don't know if I missed it, and if so, I apologize. But is Notre Dame close to another commitment? So I'll let you go back. We accept your apology, John. John, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say that they're, you know, what's going to happen, but I would say that uh, I expect a couple more kids to be in the class here soon. The, there you go. Not just one. I mean, to be Notre Dame commits. I shouldn't say in the class because. In a class. Yeah. A class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And John, again, with the Super Chat, thank you. He says, is there any news on possible transfers in for extra depth next year with scholarships back to 85? John, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Just I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to be hitting the transfer portal super hard until after they see who signed and they see who they're going to leave. Who they're going to lose, excuse me. Right. Chris Basker, uh, again, thank you, Chris, very much. He says, does the Freeman hire help any with Dante Moore? Too early, to, too early to know that. I yeah, mean, honestly, I, mean, I, I don't think it'll hurt, but I, I couldn't. I, I have no knowledge that it's going to help at all. I can only assume that it'll help, for mm-hmm. like Vince said, but I, I want to make sure that I'm differentiating between, between what I think and what I know. I don't have any knowledge that it's going to help. And that and, and it's not me saying I've heard it's not going to. I right. I just haven't heard either way. Right. Garth Cassidy, uh, exactly, Vince. You beat me to that. I, when I was saying that they are going to figure out once Notre Dame makes their – I should say Notre Dame players make their announcement as to whether they're staying or going or whatever, that that's when – And who they're going to sign. I mean, if yeah, if you right. sign – if C.J. Williams and Amorin Walker both sign with Tobias right. Merriweather – that's going to change, and then if you lose two of those three guys, right? Because then you have to go get a, a receiver in the transfer portal or find someone to sign in February. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it'll be kind of post signing day, post bowl game. See what's out there. See who they got coming back. Will Claw with the super chat. Thanks. He says any updates on Dante Moore and Carnell Tate? No, because that they, they haven't really been on my radar this week because they're not guys that the staff was in my, from what I understand was out seeing. I don't know that they did go see any of those guys. I think their focus has been on other places. But I would hope I would love it if I heard later that 
they did go see those guys because those are two hugely important recruits in 2023. No doubt. No doubt about it. Michael Graves, thank you for the super chat. Will these classes improve overall team speed? Oh, yeah. Especially at positions like linebacker. Like the linebacker oh, depth chart is going to get a lot faster. Linebacker just got a lot faster. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Jadarian Price brings juice to the running back position. Uh, cornerback's going to be even more athletic. Safety is, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, I think overall, there's some, the receiving core is not like a bunch of burners, but yeah. Notre Dame staff is convinced that Amorian Walker's a burner. Again, I, I, he ran a 4 4 1 at Bama. Right. It, it, it hasn't shown up on film a ton to me. I didn't see it necessarily on a senior film either, but I think their thought is he's going to get here. We're going to coach him up and that speed's going to take off. You get him. He's a real skinny kid. You get him in Matt Bader's strength program. The speed's going to explode. That's what they're banking on. And if they're yeah. right, that he's going to be he's going to add speed. Tobias Merriweather adds big playability. So, yes, this and the tight ends. These are two really athletic tight ends holding mm-hmm. Stacey and Eli Raritan. So, yes, I would. I mean, even like offensive line, Emil Wagner, you know, if they get Billy Shrouth, uh, you know, guys like that, it, it's going to add just everywhere. It's adding athlete. I would say it's adding athleticism, sure, to the roster. Speed, okay, some position it's more speed, but just adding athleticism right. is the big key for me. Uh, this isn't a super chat, but it's a good question. And for people that don't follow football as closely as or college football as closely as many do, I think it's a really good question. Live an easy life, also a great name. Are the parents involved in the recruitment process, and do they come to Notre Dame on a visit? I assume he means official, or she means official visit, or is it just the student alone? It's a really good question. Brian, why don't you take them through kind of how that works? It just depends on the kid. I mean, some kids don't have a parent that's necessarily involved, and it may be a coach that takes over the recruitment. Mm -hmm. It may be an uncle who may be more experienced in it. You know, I mean, every kid is different. In theory, okay, so just in theory – The way visits work is you can bring two people with you. It can be a parent or guardian, right? And and, and I believe in some instances, people will bring coaches. Now, I don't know if the NCAA pays for a coach or not. Vince, you may know that better than I do. I've only gone on unofficials with some of my players. Um, So I I was the driver. The NCAA will – the school pays for the student and two – I believe – Yeah. And, you know, if a kid has two parents, then it'll be a lot of times both parents. Sometimes it's, you know, right. other family members, things like that. And then uh, they will go through it. I, ideally, parents are involved, but it's there's no universal truth. Uh, I mean, there's there's parents that just are uncaring. There's parents who work three oh, yeah. jobs and can't be involved in it. There's yep. parents who, who you know, who didn't go to – don't understand how the process works, don't know. You know, there's all types of different parents. And then there's parents that are super involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it varies from kid to kid, but most kids don't visit on their own unless it's like uh, just another of many visits. So uh, if Nolan Ziegler wants to drive a couple hours down to go to a Notre Dame game without his parents, he'll, he may do that, but it's because they've been there together seven times. Somehow, right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but, but it's not – kids don't come on official visits by themselves very often. It does happen. Because sure. the parents can't get like, hey, look, I, you know, look, I work three jobs to put to pay keep a roof over our head, and and I can't afford to take the weekend off. That's the reality of some people's lives. Sure, and and so they have to do their due diligence to build relationships away from there, and then trust the staff to you know do right by their child. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was a good question. Yes, very good um, question. Patrick Barnes with the super chat. Thank you very much. Thanks for another great podcast while I work. 
and recruiting update. I just joined the message boards last week. Patrick, We're getting close to 400 well new subscribers since last week. New ones, not new. total. Since wow. since the whole thing happened with Brian Kelly. We were like around, we're a little over 500. Uh, actually, about 300. I'm sorry. We were about 600. And then we've added up. That's awesome. Yeah, a ton. That's awesome. We're almost to the goal that I had set for the message board by the beginning of next season now. <laughs> oh, sweet. It's been That's awesome. Great. It's been great. I love it. Jim with the super chat. Thanks, Jim. I got to this show very late. Compare Notre Dame recruiting retention versus the Oregon recruiting losses and with the loss of Cristobal yeah. from Oregon to That's Miami. another one. I didn't yeah. bring up Oregon. Oregon's yeah. lost four or five commits already. Yeah. And and may lose some more. I, I, mean, I mean, again, these other programs are hemorrhaging. Yeah, guys. Now, part of it is because Notre Dame is the is the one school that that promoted from within. True. To fill, that I mean, that, that that factors. I mean, Oklahoma got Brent Venables from Clemson. Oregon still doesn't have a coach yet. If, they, if Notre Dame Billy doesn't Napier, go with Freeman, then then Notre Dame's losing too. kids. They're going through yeah. the same thing. Right. Uh, but but they didn't lose kids during the in-between time. Now, part of that is because Jack Swarbrick sped up the process compared to what he originally was, which I talked about in my, my intel piece last night on the message board. But the other part of it is, is there was some strong leadership in that group, but that leadership wouldn't have mattered if they'd have hired somebody right. else or if right now they didn't have a coach. Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, it it would have it They would have started to lose more kids. Understandably. Yeah, right. Uh, A-S-T. Thank you for the super chat. How serious is the interest from Nico? Not yep, even going to try even gonna, that one. Nope. Uh, would uh, Would Notre Dame take him if he wanted to commit, or is it a wait for Dante Moore before anything else? I, I think I don't know the answer to that. I have not been told one or the other. So, so my my answer that I'm giving right now is is my opinion based on reading some things. I do. This is not me telling you what I've been told by people in Notre Dame. Okay, so just understand that right away. I think they would think long and hard about taking Nico if he wanted to come. I do, because they view him as a top 50 player. I mean, he is considered a top, top quarterback. Where is I he think from? They, he's from California. Okay. And, and if you if you want – so if you listen to the Lucky Lefty podcast and you want to ask, ask Malik Zaire about, about Nico, and he's going to go off. Okay, he loves the kid. Because Malik's coaching out in California now. Mm-hmm. And so he loves the kid, and he's very good. You know, he, he is – he would be one of those needle-moving quarterbacks for me. I personally like Dante more. More, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but done. but I would have a hard time saying no to Nico unless I really felt like I led for Dante. Like if mm. I felt like, look, I we're gonna get Dante. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. If I wasn't sure, if like I don't know how he likes Ohio State and and you know Michigan's uh, doing really well and Michigan State and I don't really know where he's leaning, I'm gonna have a hard time telling Nico no. Now I don't know that Nico is in that position. I I, I don't. I know he likes USC and UCLA. USC is not going to be an option anymore because they just got Malachi Nelson. But UCLA is still going to be an option. If Chip Kelly takes the Oregon job, then A, Oregon might become a player, but B, that's going to really open up a potential window for Notre Dame. But no, Nico Nico is legit. Is He's he thinking legit. about going back to Oregon? No, that's just the media rumblings. Oh, kind of like the you know okay. Luke Fickle is going to be the next coach at Notre Dame. 10-4. It's just, you know what I mean? It's okay. just It's just – out kind of tuned of out to some of the yeah. national stuff the past that's right it's like my buddy calls he's like hey did you hear that? i'm like buddy i tell you this every year 
they're just throwing crap out to get clicks, right? Yeah, like, cause right. most of the stuff, no one ever knew that, that there was nothing about Brian Kelly at LSU until right when the news broke that it, this might happen. Right. I mean, there was all these names about all these schools and then bam, it's, you know, it's somebody else. Right. Cause right. they're just throwing stuff against the wall. I mean, remember Dennis Dodd coming out like a, the day before I broke that Marcus was going to be the coach talking about, I'm hearing it's going to be Luke fickle Luke and they're going to wait job. till after a bowl game. And, yeah, and right. I'm like, I'm like Dennis Todd doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Because <laughs> he doesn't. And and, and so uh, and that hurt Notre Dame. And, and and you have to read if you're on the board, read the intel piece I put up. That nonsense from the national media almost cost Notre Dame their coaching staff. Yeah. But fortunately, they, Jack yeah, Swarbrick yeah. was so Jack good. Swarbrick. Like he, he he put in some work this week. Yeah. I mean he 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 made some some big big moves this week. You have to check that out. Uh, Justin Knox, thanks for the super chat. Will Notre Dame win a national championship in the next three years? In your opinion, I hope so. They have every opportunity. Will. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say about Marcus Freeman as head coach what I said about when he got hired, when he got hired as D coordinator, and people talk about he's the next head coach. And I said, can we just see him coach a game first? Right. Okay. Well, he did, and he proved me correct. Before I start talking about national championship, I want to see him coach a game first as the head coach now. You know, now am I confident that they're going to add the talent to the roster the next three, four years to win a title? I, I am, I yeah. am, but I need to see that this staff can go out there and and, and coach to the potential that you need to be. I, I'll tell you this, Justin, I'm not going to say yes because I feel like that'd come across as like super fanboyish. But I have said in recently that if they do this and this, that I could see this team win a championship in the next two or three years. I, I do believe that because I, I think the town is there. If they can land just a couple pieces here and there, I think they can do it. And and so, yeah, I think they can. I'm hoping they can. Mm -hmm. Am I going to tell you that they will? No, I'm not going to tell you that they will because I don't know. But right. I think they're in position. And this is what pissed me off so much about Brian Kelly's we're a young team and this isn't our year bullcrap. Because he always – he never gave the players enough credit for the talent that they possessed – it was always about his masterful coaching. Right, exactly. And, and Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese appreciate the talent that they have much more. Mike Ellis and those guys. And I think they're going to turn them loose. And I think that's makes me – I'm as I'm as optimistic that they're going to win a title in the next four years as I've ever been. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to sit there and tell you that they will. Right. It's Right. It's too it's many, there's too to many do. variables. There's too many, too many issues. Mm -hmm. um, all right, here we go. Uh, it Santillo, thank you very much. Uh, I just wanted to donate because I feel like I'm ripping you off for $5 a month on the IB board. Thank you for the information that you post. Well, hey, it was my choice to charge that, right? Because I wanted to create an inclusive board that could have more people on it. Because I, I and look, I, you know, I try to, you know, try to study markets and trends. And I've, I felt like that's a number that I'm comfortable with that's going to allow us to not have to have 20,000 members to be able to pay, you know, pay mortgage and provide for my family and hire new people and all that. But it's also a number that makes a lot of sense for there's a lot of people that can't necessarily afford 10 bucks a month right. to be part of a message board. And um, since we don't have to split our revenue with rivals or two, four, seven or on three, we can charge that and feel really good about it. So um, I appreciate the sentiment, but trust me, you sign up for the message board, you're helping us out a ton and uh, you're supporting us a ton. And as I've said, watching the show, reading the articles, all that helps us. And it doesn't require you to have to, you know, 
pop in a credit card and all that kind of stuff. That's why I make every single, if for those who are new to the channel and don't know about our website, irishbreakdown.com, let me put the thing up before. Every article at irishbreakdown.com is free. You do not have to be a paying member to read the articles at Irish Breakdown. Uh, because again, we want to make our, con- we want to make that content just like our shows as accessible as possible. There's mm-hmm. some stuff that goes only on the premium board. And we, we admit that the premium board is for like Intel and behind the scenes stuff, but uh, all of our other content is free. And when you read that, it's a, we, we, it helps us because financially it helps us because we get advertising yeah. revenue from all those type of things. That was my bell. So I do have to run. Uh, do you see where I'm at? Uh, no, where, where are you? 137. Okay, yes, sir. We'll be able to find where that. the next one will be. Rusty had a super chat here for, uh, and we appreciate that. And then he also had another super chat with a question attached. And you want to go ahead and pull that up and I'll read that while you take off? Boom. There it is. Thank All right, you, everybody. Sir. Have a great day. We'll talk to you very soon and probably multiple times over the next couple of days. Bye. <laughs> All right, Rusty asks, can you explain what Dre Brown's role entails and if you think him and his defensive counterpart will stay? Uh, I don't know about Dre Brown. I have no clue uh, one way or the other. I believe he plans on staying because he has been out on, you know, doing work, but Chad Bowden's not going anywhere. Chad Bowden's going to be here as long as Marcus Freeman wants him to be here, at least, you know, especially in the near future because he came with Marcus Freeman. That is Marcus Freeman's guy. Uh, and if you look at the pictures and you want to know who that, who that, lighter skin, you know, white dude is with Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens and those guys that you may not recognize. That's Chad Bowden in a lot of these pictures with recruits. That's Chad Bowden. He, and so basically what his role is, is kind of to coordinate a lot of the recruiting, you know, the coach has got a coach, right? So he's doing a lot of the stuff in regards to, you know, contact with kids, reaching out to kids, organizing trips, making sure that everybody's got their, their itinerary, making sure that, that they're setting up visits and doing all those things. So in the past coaches kind of had to do a lot of the setting up visits. Now it's it's Chad Bowden and it's it's um, it's Dre Dre Brown kind of doing all the work. Hey, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. I've got this set up, I got that set up. I've talked to the family, I've talked to the coaches, I've talked to this, I've got that, I've got the airline tickets, I've got whatever the case may be. Here it is, let's roll. And it's a very important role. It's a very important role, but it's a it's a lot of organizing and those type of things. But there also is a role in reaching out and talking to kids and building relationships in those times where maybe the coaches can't always be the only voice or the constant voice, that's where guys like that step in. So adding those two guys to the staff was huge. That was driven by Marcus Freeman because he was adamant that it, he wanted that to get hired at Notre Dame as the D coordinator. Well, when he got that from Chad Bowden, then obviously he was going to open it up for the offense. So that is definitely one of those things uh, that, that, um, that Marcus Freeman was able to bring to Notre Dame. So that is, that is going to be it for today. Uh, let me just look through, actually see if there's anything uh, out else out here about it. And I, th- yeah, I think that is, that is going to be it. And so, yeah, that's going to be it. So look tomorrow, 1230 Eastern, we will have our, our mailbag. We will either talk about some things that have happened around then, or we will have another show at some point in time later in the day where we will talk about maybe any breaking news that might happen on the recruiting trail Sunday, Saturday, we will have a show starting around seven o'clock Eastern. Make sure you hit the notification bell so that you're alerted to that. Uh, you can do that right after you hit the like and subscribe button. If you have not already done so, and if you are have done all those things, you'll get a, an alert saying that we will have a seven o'clock show. We will sort of preview the announcement by uh, Justin Rett. We'll try to carry it if we're able to. 
And, and of course, when he makes whatever decision he makes, we will be there to talk about it. So, uh, and to watch some film, if we can find some, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, make sure you're ready and locked into that. Sign up for the message boards. They see that below. You can see, I'm going to put that one back up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Uh, lock on on, sign up for our newsletter, our merch store. If you're a member, I've got something on the board about a special for members, you know, sort of a Christmas special for our merch store, but you have to be a member to get that. So there's definitely, definitely positives, definitely, definitely good things to come out of that. So anyway, everybody, thanks for joining us. Great crowd today. Great questions. Uh, a ton more. And, and tomorrow, we'll be able to get to a lot of those. So if you had a question about recruiting today, be there for the podcast tomorrow because we won't we won't just be going to the super chats and stuff tomorrow. We'll, we're answering everybody's questions tomorrow uh, during our Friday free for all mailbag. So have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you again very, very soon.